is the New York Times lying to you when they tell you how to cook a turkey because they want you to have a dry turkey for Thanksgiving, you goddamn Trump supporter? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So I like to say that the media is a pack of liars. And like, you know, is there any exaggeration? You know, Is that a 100% true statement? Is there any exaggeration in that statement? Well, yes, it's not 100% true. And there is some exaggeration. But I just don't like to mess around. I like to just say the media is a pack of liars. And so, like, you know, just as the example, the New York Times, they're a pack of liars. Now, if they write an article, you know, in November about how to cook your turkey so it doesn't turn out to be dry, do I think they're lying? They're lying to you and they're going to tell you how to cook your turkey and it's going to come out dry? No, I'm not saying that they're lying on how to cook a turkey. And I think what started them lying was Trump, where it was like, Every day they had to have an anti-Trump article, whether or not Trump did something bad. You know, maybe Trump does five out of seven days of the week, he does something bad. But on those other two days, they had to make something up. And then the thing that they really, really lied about was anything to do with race, especially like race and cops, black people and cops. And I've run through the stats on why Black Lives Matter is a hoax and a conspiracy theory. And I think I'm going to republish that podcast again here soon because it's just... Well, so I can listen to it in the morning because I listen to my own podcast when I'm in the shower. But, you know, there's there's a couple kinds of conspiracy theories. There's true ones and there's false ones. Like, you know, conspiracies do exist. And sometimes people have a conspiracy theory about the real conspiracy and it turns out to be true. But uh, Black Lives Matter, you can just, you can run the numbers and you can find out that that's a false conspiracy theory. The idea that cops are hunting black men, right? So that's, you know, that's the powerful group of evil conspirators is the cops and what are they doing they're hunting black men well that's that's a false conspiracy theory but it's one that the new york times promoted endlessly you know after after george floyd and i don't know for a couple years after that i don't know it's behind a paywall now i think they've i think they've toned it down now although i'm sure if you if they still mention it in an article there's i'm sure they're still promoting it when they mention it but so i have a woke buddy i like to argue with him about this stuff and basically, he will only accept the truth from woke media outlets. I mean, basically, he will only accept the truth if it comes from one of the, the lying-ass, pack-of-liars, misinformation media. I mean, and that makes a certain sense. I mean, first off, you take, you take in your information from people you trust. Second off, no one wants to find out that everything they believe is completely false and when they thought they were the good person they were the bad person when they thought they were on the right side of history and helping black people they were on the wrong side of history and caused the murder of thousands of black people i mean no one wants to know that stuff so anyways he's woke and he's like I, he only accepts information from woke media now unfortunately he does not listen to podcasts but i was listening to the latest left right and center podcast now this is a npr slash kcrw podcast i think that's boston it's like the npr boston podcast i mean it's a radio show it's really a radio show because i don't listen to the radio so i just call it podcast and they were talking about twitter because the elon musk twitter things making everyone talk about twitter and the point of left right and center is that at least you know in theory you have a person who's on the left you have a person who's on the right and then you kind of have the moderator showrunner who's supposed to be in the center and at least in comparison to other NPR shows, which is like left, far left, and super far left will be your three people, uh, it is pretty balanced. It'll be like moderate, center left, and far left. 
But in any case, this latest episode, they're talking about Twitter because of Elon Musk and just everyone's talking about Twitter, obviously. But then they're talking about how Twitter affected the media. And so I'm going to play a clip. Uh, the main lady is Li- uh, Elizabeth Brunig and the main guy is Jonathan Haidt. I'll put a link in the description. But she is the, she is the lefty. She's the person representing the left on the show on this date. And then he's like the guest who's brought on to whatever. You got your left, your right, and your center, and then they'll have a guest also. But so Elizabeth Brunig, she's the left person, but I don't know. I think, I guess she, she may not be woke. She may not be woke enough for them. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep her as the left person because I think she was saying a bunch of stuff that was true, which is normally one not what the left person is allowed to say. They can only say, uh, you know, lies. When I say lies, what do I mean? Do I mean misinformation? Possibly. In any case, this is, I'm sure my listeners all believe me when I talk, but this is for my buddy, even though he will refuse to listen to this podcast, I'm going to play a nice long clip here where this lady explains what happened to the New York Times. She used to work at the New York Times. I mean, I used to read the New York Times. I've said this before. The New York Times was the best paper in the world. I used to read it like every Sunday or whatever. Uh, I believed every single thing they ever said because they never lied, at least, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And now I wouldn't, you know, I would barely wipe my ass with their words unless I was cooking a turkey. But so she's got this theory that I haven't really quite heard before and I think it's interesting. But basically, to summarize it, but then you'll hear it, is that Twitter made all the people in charge of the New York Times afraid of their employees, and that's why the New York Times became woke and started being nothing but a bunch of liars. So, is that a was that an exaggeration of what this lady said? I don't know. I'll just play you the clip. It's interesting, though. People losing trust in institutions and authority. They don't trust governments anymore. They don't trust the press. They don't trust pretty much anything they're told they they make decisions about who and what to trust based on gut feelings and personal relationships which are completely legitimate ways um you know to decide who to trust right i mean when you're thinking about making decisions on an individual level it's just that it's a complex society and we have to make decisions on a on a mass level in a democracy and so the legitimation crisis is a really big problem the other issue with the legitimation crisis is long after people lose trust in institutions those institutions still govern them so people find themselves having zero trust in the press but still having to go to us for information and they hate it they resent it and they resent us and like you say, just because they know they can't trust us, they feel they can't trust us, doesn't mean they have a good and clear sense of where they can find the truth, which is also a sort of benighted and frustrating situation to be in. That's true. I'm finding people mistrust the press as an institution, but trust individual reporters. That's one thing. You can build trust with individuals. Yeah. John, I want to give you the last word here. Sure. So uh, I understand what Liz is saying. The decline in trust is longstanding. Uh, But the key idea in my article is what I call structural stupidity. It's not that people are stupid. It's that you get uh, get institutions like, say, a university, um, where all of a sudden people are afraid to dissent or afraid to challenge something. 
So what comes out is the orthodox view. And we've seen the same in newspapers. The New York Times is full of great reporters. I've spoken to many of them. And they say beginning around 2018, if you challenge the consensus, you challenge the dominant view, especially on race, gender, or trans, you would be so slaughtered uh, within the company or, or, or in public. So the New York Times, I think, became less reliable. At least many conservatives no, perceived no, it to have been. Okay, and do you, do you agree that something has changed, or do you think that there's no intimidation within the within the paper? No, what happened with the, in my experience at least, was precisely a legitimation crisis. They would say to you, "We'll protect you," you know, if you if you write something that's controversial or that Twitter gets mad about. And I just knew for a fact that they couldn't do it, right? Because okay. you don't know what's yeah. going to happen with Twitter. And I thought to myself, I feel bad for them because they they can't really say with full confidence what they can do because. They, 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 they're very responsive to Twitter yeah, and, and right. you don't know that's what right. Twitter's going to do. And so those institutions are, you just can't trust them. And so you start have to, you have to make calculations about how to defend yourself as a brand, as opposed to, you know, kind of hungering down as a member of a team and saying, right. I'll put my, my life in, the, you know, I commend right. myself into the hands yeah. of my, my business. And so, th- you know, that's the continued dissolution of and atomization of everything. But that also, it, it, what you're describing is another mechanism by which intimidation and fear causes a newspaper to lose the very valuable processes of of competing views and editors and fact checkers and give and take and talk to both sides. Those are the things that help a newspaper, which is staffed by normal, flawed individuals, produce something that's better than any one individual could do. And Twitter in particular has made people afraid. And that's what causes, I believe, uh, the breakdown of of organizations and institutions that have lost their viewpoint diversity and that develop an orthodoxy. And yet we all spend time on Twitter. We're trapped. Well, I speak for myself. I'll still keep drinking that garbage. I want to thank everyone. And so I think... You know, I don't know if that's exactly right, but I think, I bet you that is partially right. I think that is partially the problem of what happened to the mainstream media, what is now the mainstream misinformation media. But I don't know if they mentioned it in the clips, but they're talking about, you know, it's not just, it's not just the newspapers, you know, it's, it's the, you know, it's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's all the universities, it's even, you know, the frickin' army, right? The army and the marines are saying that, you know, men or women or whatever. And so I was thinking about it. It's like universities, right? You know, if if this supposedly started in 2018 or, you know, maybe it started in 2016 with Trump or whatever, depending on, depending on, you know, which establishment you're talking about. Well, I mean, I know for a fact it started way early. It started in the 70s in universities. Like, you know, how do you know if a sociologist is lying while their lips are moving? And sociologists are supposed to be the PhDs who teach the students about what's going on in society and how society should be run to benefit all the people in it. But unfortunately, like the, you know, you know that that's, that would almost be the most important kind of professor, the most important part of the university would be sociology. And then, ironically, whatever, they're the biggest liars. I mean, they are woke. They've been woke, like I say, for fifty years. So Twitter did not make sociologists woke. They didn't make them liars because Twitter didn't exist. So it's all a little bit more complicated. You can't just say it's all Twitter's fault or all social media's fault or whatever. But um, I will say, you know, like the, the mechanical engineering departments at universities used to not be woke. And they basically are woke now. 
You know, they're like, oh, math is racist. You know, that math requirement uh, that was making Asians and whites get in more, uh, we're getting rid of that because we want, you know, the perspective of black and brown people in mechanical engineering. And so I don't know if the mechanical engineer teachers themselves are on Twitter, but I think... I think those kind of people, basically the non-woke people, like the engineers or just the normal stuff, who knows, history, whatever, all the normal departments and universities, and then in particular, the people in charge of the universities, they're not exactly on Twitter a whole bunch, but they are susceptible to being called, you know, false accusations of racism against a university president, you know, it, it might take you down, you may have to resign. So that's how it spills out, you know, it, it, you know. Instead of being confined to the sociology department, now it is all of the university. And I think, you know, like I say, the Marines are supporting trans, whatever the hell it is. You know, they probably want to turn your kids gay. Like, do not put the Marines in tra- in charge of teaching your preschoolers, because they probably try and make them gay. Then I like uh, what she said about. Like, no one trusts the government, no one trusts the media, no one trusts any of these people. And it's because they can't be trusted. You know, you have to tell, you know, how many how many times do you have to tell the truth to make up for the one, for each, for each lie that you tell? And the answer is, you got to tell the truth so freaking long. You know, you got to do a whole year of truth-telling to make up for, like, just one lie. And so, you know, there's no reason to trust any of these institutions, because they've all done... More than one lie per year, which means that, okay, well, that year you can't be trusted. Well, and so, you know, what do we do going forward? Um, I think the truth, the truth is actually the answer. Like, you know, when everyone was afraid to speak out about Black Lives Matter, people are slowly realizing the truth is that Black Lives Matter is by far the most destructive thing to black lives that has happened in, I don't know, since the crack epidemic. And people do actually care about black lives, and so... The truth, that Black Lives Matter was evil as hell and they were all lying about it. I think that'll bring someone down, you know. I think, you know, Biden being in there instead of Trump. And people will be like, you know what? Biden ain't doing no better than Trump. In fact, he may be doing worse than Trump. I think that's going to, I mean, you know, and that's basically the truth. I mean, I'm not a Trump supporter. Just that, whatever, just Trump wasn't that bad, long story short. And so the truth on that, I think, will, you know, start bringing people down. And we just, uh, I think it's happening. It's happening. I mean, hell, I started a damn podcast to talk about it. And I'm sure other people are talking about it too. And uh, so the truth. I think the truth will defeat these lies. It's going to take a while. Like there's some real weird, like I, I thought it was isolated. I thought it was a very isolated thing. What teachers are doing with kids about trans, non-binary, blah, 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 bullshit. And uh it is not isolated. I mean, that's going to create the truth on that, where you just like look at it. You know, here's the PDF of the curriculum for Skokie, Illinois school district. It's like holy crap! They're teaching they're teaching what to kindergartners, and so the truth on that is going to defeat that stuff pretty quick. And then finally, like if Twitter is the problem, like is Elon Musk the solution? Like I don't really know. I don't know. The solution is people have to be. Just, you have to get ready. Just get ready. Someone's going to falsely accuse you of racism, for instance. And you have to say, screw you. And more importantly, when you're falsely accused of racism and they tell your boss about it, your boss has to say, screw that person also. And so we're not there yet, but hopefully we're headed that direction. So that kind of dynamic between being a boss and being an employee 
it made me think like this is a very difficult thing to defeat it's basically like okay you call an employee racist and then you tell the boss to fire them i mean the boss is like i mean the next thing that's happened is they're gonna you know if they don't fire the employee they're gonna get called racist it's basically like hey boss either you fire this employee who's completely innocent or we're gonna fire you even though you're completely innocent and you know and what boss is gonna stand up in that situation not easy i mean that's the kind of thing that takes real courage and when you're paying a mortgage and you're feeding a family uh courage is going to be in short supply i mean and i understand why twitter handle at anti-woke podcast and thanks for listening